the Bible, there is 63,779 cross-references or biblical connections basically pointing to Jesus. So if for an example of that would be if Jesus is preaching in the New Testament, which is written thousands and thousands of years after the Old Testament, then he could be quoting something and, you know, vice versa. So there's a lot of different cross-references. It's written by 40, 40 different men across 1,500 years on three different continents. So that would be Europe, Asia, and Africa in three different languages, which would be Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So the Bible through all that tells one story. It's a library of 66 different books, basically about the people of ancient Israel. So that's kind of God's chosen people and where it is. So how Bible scholars like to sum it up is called the Tanakh, T-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-
seeing your prayer requests. I actually have a prayer board and I've been adding my 31 committed fans to my prayer board. So I'm so excited. And then Everly and Noella and Nick can also see kind of what you guys are going through. And it's just like powerful prayer hands like all around our house, which is so exciting. Fitness tip of the week, people. What fitness tip could I use? Oh, someone's calling me. Hold on. Hey. So cute. Mom, say hi right now to the podcast. I'm recording, so. No, no, just say hi because then I'll keep it in there. I don't know if the audio will pick up, but we'll see. All right, love you. Love you too, bye. All right, bye. That was my mom. I don't know if I'll have to edit that out or not, but whatever. So fitness tip of the week is water. Water is so, so important, especially with nutrition. If you ever have woken up and felt more tired or if you are having cravings, even though you have fueled your body all day, most likely those are trigger signs for your body to hydrate and that really helps with performance as well. So fitness tip of the week is making sure you're getting an adequate amount of water. The rule of thumb is taking your body weight divided by two and that's the amount of ounces you have in water. I've said this before. Now, if you are someone who is a big sweater, which I am, a huge sweater sorry there's a giant bus going by but if you're someone who is a sweater or you're thirsty you might need to increase that water as well so water 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 it also helps your skin and it just does amazing wonders so that is your fitness tip of the week is get your water in people if you want to submit a fitness tip let me know and I maybe will feature it on a podcast so let's get into the episode today. We are going to be talking about the Bible. Basically, I'm just going to break it down into kind of what you are looking at. So I have a lot of listeners who have never read the Bible before and kind of don't know where to start. So number one, I think there's this like taboo around the Bible in terms of people who are Christians and it's like this forbidden thing to talk about. So if you have a question or you need to Google something or whatever, it's almost like this sense of shame around it. But the Bible is so, so complex and it is absolutely okay to not understand everything. So I just kind of want to start by breaking that stigma. So but the Bible, if like you're going, let's say you're going to shop for one, I have the One Step Closer Bible. It is the NLT version. I like the NLT version personally because I am more of a wordy person and the language that it is translated in, obviously it's English, but it's just, I don't know, I just understand it and I like this version the best. My second favorite is probably NIV. NIV is the exact opposite translation it's a lot more short and to the point but i just love the wordiness of it so nlt is what i do now bible translation some people have been asking me and like sliding into my dms about how do i know what translation to get and one really 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 excellent tool is through the bible app so if you down if you have an iphone or probably an Android, but I only have an iPhone, so I can speak to that. Download the Bible app, 
And then you can select different translations. So before you purchase a Bible, you can preview kind of what the wording is like, and it does not change the context of the Bible in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't change anything about the Bible at all. Like the translation is just basically how it is translated. So instead of using the word the, they use the word thou or something like that. So it doesn't change what the Bible is saying, but I just like the NLT the best. So that's just what I would recommend. I have the one step closer Bible. Nick's Bible, I actually have it right here. So I was prepared. He loves this one. His is NLT as well. Um, his is called Every Man's Bible. And it looks like this, it's brown. And with his, that's really cool, is he has like little commentaries on the sides to like help with translation. Mine is a little bit different. Mine, first of all, has Bible tabs, which is really helpful. So if you're trying to learn the word and you don't know the books in order, the Bible tabs are really helpful. But mine, let me just go to somewhere random. Let's go to like, I don't know, Psalms or something. So everyone knows Psalms. It will have like little excerpts. I don't know if you can see that, but it'll have, if you're watching this, I'm actually recording this live. I don't know if I said that, but it'll have little excerpts to kind of, I don't know, just breakdown of what you're reading. And sometimes that can be a helpful tool. So mine's one step closer. Nick's is every man's Bible. So those are two resources that you can use. So once you have a Bible in your possession, it could be really, really intimidating on where to start. So what I'm gonna do is a Bible breakdown to help you understand what you're reading so that you can get the most out of what you're reading and you don't feel as overwhelmed. So I actually have some notes for this because obviously I'm not a Bible scholar, so some things I had to look up. Um, I have just grown up reading the word, but I use a resource called The Bible Project, and then they did a sermon series or like Bible YouTube series on kind of how to break the Bible down, and that is what I used for my resource in terms of just, you know, um, explaining like how it is. I didn't know this all at the top of my head. So to start off, the Bible has a ton of cross references. So as a whole, I should say this before I break it down, is the Bible is simply telling the story of God and his redemption, redemption story in terms of us through Jesus. So God had this picture of what he wanted life to be like, he had the design of what he wanted to be life, and it all started with a tree. So God created the world in seven days. You'll find that in Genesis in the beginning. And then he created man and woman in his image. And you probably have heard the story of Adam and Eve before, but in the garden there is this depict depictive picture of a tree. And this tree was called, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God essentially said I'm paraphrasing but he said you know don't eat the fruit from this tree you will surely die it's not good for you so basically the story begins with a moral choice like are 
is man or mankind as a whole going to trust what God's idea is of good and evil and put their 100% trust in God or are they going to try to seize power for themselves and figure it out for themselves and we all know the story um, through that tree man sinned against God didn't obey and then this whole the Bible's like a whole ripple effect of what happened after we sinned so the Bible is broken down into two parts. There is the Old Testament, which is the books of Genesis to Malachi. And the Old Testament is filled with a whole bunch of different writings, basically telling the story of God's law. Now, there's lots of different types of writings within the Old Testament, so I will break this down a little bit further. And then there's the New Testament, so it's basically before Jesus is the Old Testament, and then Jesus is the New Testament. So basically, the Old Testament is all these prophetic pointings to a savior and a king who's going to save us and that would be jesus fulfilling all of the law in the old testament in the new testament hopefully that's not confusing so we have a book as a whole of god's story and he sends his son through jesus to save us all this whole entire book is pointing at that and one really, really awesome little tip is to not look at the Bible as one story, which it is. It's all pointing to the same thing. It's all telling a story. But it's actually made up of 66 different books telling the same thing. So there's different stories and stuff within the Bible. There's poetry. There's writings. But... It is a collection of 66 different books within one binding. So it's almost like a mini library in a binding. So it's really, really good to know that. So I'm gonna refer to my notes just to make sure I don't say any numbers wrong. But in the Bible, there is 63,779 cross references or biblical connections basically pointing to Jesus. So if for an example, that would be if Jesus is preaching in the New Testament, which is written thousands and thousands of years after the Old Testament, then he could be quoting something and, you know, vice versa. So there's a lot of different cross-references. It's written by 40, 40 different men across 1,500 years on three different continents. So that would be Europe, Asia, and Africa in three different languages, which would be Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So the Bible through all that tells one story. It's a library of 66 different books, basically about the people of ancient Israel. So that's kind of God's chosen people and where it is. So how Bible scholars like to sum it up is called the Tanakh, T-A-N-A-K, so the Tanakh. So this Tanakh starts with the beginning of the Bible, which is Genesis through Deuteronomy. So if you open up your Bible into your table of contents, there is Genesis, and then it will go all the way to Deuteronomy, and it's just God's law, basically showing us like what we have to do to be like God obviously we're not because of that story of the tree we were not like God and then all of a sudden bam wait let me just make sure this is recording after my mom called because oh yeah it is great so to be like God we're not we sinned we are obviously separated from the tree 
So that's God's law. Then it's called the Nevi'lim, which is God's prophet. So that would be anything from historical books. So like, for example, the book of Kings, it's literally just a history book and it's just what happened in history. Then there's poetic books. So that would be anything from like the prophets. So if you look in the middle, that's like Isaiah and the Psalms, which is like a song. So if you are someone that is watching this, the beginning, which is Genesis to Deuteronomy, it's the beginning of your Bible, I'm holding it right now. This is the book of the law, that's the beginning. Then you kind of go to the middle and you have a lot of prophets and you have Psalms, the book of wisdom and songs are songs, Proverbs are the book of wisdom, excuse me. And then from there, that's called the Navim. And then from there, there's one more section and that would be called the Ketavim, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And that's just writing. So that's anything from letters to sermons to, uh, I don't know, like different things. And then there's the gospels, which is good news. And I don't know, that's just kind of what it's made up of. So if you're someone who's so confused right now because there is so much information I'm throwing out at you, just look at it like this. The beginning of the Bible is the Old Testament. It's written before Jesus. So that is the books from Genesis to Malachi. The New Testament is the story of Jesus. Everything is pointing together um, to tell the same story, but just in different ways. So understanding the Bible is really, really important to understand what you are reading. So that's why a lot of times people take things out of context because they're reading a poem, but they're taking it literally. So knowing what type of book you're reading is really, really important. Um, so if you're someone who's reading the Psalms, like the Psalms have a lot of metaphors in it. So you can't necessarily take it word for word, literally. And that's, I don't know, that's just like a little important thing to note. So if you are someone who has absolutely never read the Bible before, I would not start in Genesis, which is the beginning, which is like a typical way to start a book. Because remember, the Bible is a library of 66 different books. I would start actually in the New Testament, which is Jesus, because everything in the Old Testament is pointing to the New Testament. So if you have an understanding and a solid foundation of who Jesus is, every other thing is so much easier in terms of breaking it down and finding the context. So I always like to tell people to start in Matthew. I'm a little partial to Matthew because it's my favorite book of the Bible. But I just like Jesus's interpretation of, I just like Matthew, excuse me, interpretation of what he saw the best. I think it just does Jesus so much justice. And then I also really, really like Luke. So if you are someone who are, is new to the Bible, I would start in Matthew and learn who Jesus is. Learn about his miracles, learn about his accounts, and then the rest of the Bible will be easier to make sense. Um, Luke is, so the Gospels, you've probably heard this, it just means good news. It's the story of Jesus, and Jesus is actually a man. He's an historical man. So you, if you're someone who is not a Christian, you cannot deny that Jesus was not alive or was not a man or is a made-up figure. That's actually not true. Jesus is an historical man. So basically the question you're asking yourself if you believe in this or not, like did he die? Yes, that is true. He did die, but did he rise from the dead? And I believe that he did. I actually 
know that in my heart that he rose from the dead. So you have to ask yourself, like, yes, Jesus is a man. Yes, he did die, but did he, you know, rise from the dead? Yes or no? So that can be your question that you are contemplating throughout reading it. And it's just, I don't know, that's just really, really, really good to kind of come across. So if you're someone too that like challenges other religions, I did some research for you and I researched some main world religions and just to see what they say about Jesus. So ironically, every single world religion, so I'm including like Muslims, Hindu, Buddha, Jewish, actually acknowledge that Jesus was a holy man. Now most religions however do not say that Jesus is God so if you're looking at Islam and I'm quoting this from the Quran it's chapter 19 verses 17 through 21 he's a sinless virgin he's a sinless prophet who came from a virgin excuse me and a wise teacher that will come back and he did miracles so they believe that Jesus was virgin born they believe that he did miracles and he's a great prophet but they do not believe that he is God and they believe that he's going to come back someday and judge us, but he's not God. So that is the Quran. By the way, they said nothing about Muhammad in there. So that was really interesting. Hinduism says that Jesus is a holy man. He's a wise teacher and he is a God. So he's not the God. He is a God because Hinduism kind of believes in a lot of, a lot of different gods. Buddha, which I thought was really interesting because Buddhism actually came before Christ, but they actually acknowledged Jesus as being a holy man and a wise teacher. The Jews obviously know that Jesus was a great rabbi um, because he is, the Jews are like waiting for their Messiah to come. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they believe that he is a great rabbi, but he is not God. So kind of you know, every other religion thinks that Jesus is good. And I want you right now to contemplate, like, do I believe this? Or do I believe Jesus rose from the dead? Yes or no. Why? And if he didn't, then why did Jesus of Nazareth, who was born in Bethlehem, which is a very small, 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 small area of the world. The only reason why you know about it is because of the story of Jesus. Why is he the most influential, polarizing man most talked about person in the world if it is not true and why do all other religions acknowledge him if it's not true and then one other thing in terms of religion which i literally hate that word i hate when people will say oh kayla you're religious like no it is not religion religion is man-made it is just oh i just it irks me when people say that but anyway Every other religion points to like doing good and you have to do good to then get a result or like go to heaven or be reincarnated into something else depending on the religion that you believe in. Where Christianity, I guess, following Jesus is the complete opposite. You absolutely do nothing. There is nothing you can offer because Jesus sacrificed himself for you and that is the only way you can get into heaven. So ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, one being the most certain, 10 being, or no, one being the least certain, 10 being the most certain. If you died today, are you going to heaven? Answer on a scale of one to 10. And then if your answer is anything but 10, let's say you say an eight. I want you to imagine this, like imagine you got tickets to a concert and 
it, they were absolutely free, right? You get tickets to the best concert. Maybe you're a Swifty and they're like free Taylor Swift concert tickets or something. I don't even know. But pretend you have these tickets. They're Super Bowl tickets. Whatever they are, you have them for free, okay? You have a choice to go to the game or not. You have a choice to drive. You have a free ticket. You have a choice to go. You don't have to drive there. You don't have to go. But you have a choice. Let's say you choose to go. And then you go up to the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper says, why should I let you in this concert or this game? And you would say, well, I have a ticket. Mic drop. That's Christianity right there is Jesus sacrificed himself for you, gave you a free gift, which is the gospel. That is good news. And essentially gave you the ticket to heaven. All you have to do is choose to believe in him and put your life like believe that Jesus rose from the dead and then bam, you have access into heaven. 10 out of 10, you can get in there. That's it. And most people just want to overcomplicate it, but you can't because we are wicked beings, whether you believe it or not. And yeah, so that is the gospel. So just to recap what we are talking about, we are breaking down the Bible. If you're someone who is new to the Bible, it's really important to understand what you are reading. So I always like to ask myself, am I reading a letter? Am I reading poetry? Am I reading history? Or am I just reading a story? So ask yourself those questions because it's really, really important to know. Then when you determine that, go slowly because every single word in the Bible is put there for a purpose. And if you do not know who Jesus is, learn who he is. Read the Gospels. The The Gospels were written by Jesus's friends, except for Luke. He was a doctor, but friends that followed Jesus and they were there during that time period. Like these are actual writings from people who experienced this. So why would they lie? You know what I'm saying? So these are actual accounts of what people went through and they're written down and it's just your opportunity to believe it or not. Um, Another thing too, in terms of some really go-to books of the Bible is Psalms. So if you are someone that do does not know the books of the Bible in order, I would one really recommend spending time in the table of contents because it's just really helpful to kind of know how to navigate the Bible. It's like a library um, that's separated into like nonfiction and fiction. So knowing how to navigate a library really helps you pick books that you know, helps you know what you're reading in terms of the books instead of just like walking into a library and all the books are jumbled up. It'd be really overwhelming and confusing. So there is a table of contents at the beginning. The book of Genesis is amazing, but like I said, I wouldn't recommend starting there because it's going to show how broken and awful humanity is. And it's just like, oh, you already know that because you live in life. So just find out who Jesus is and then Genesis will like come to life. So another book that's really, really awesome is Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. This is a book of mainly written by Solomon who had billions and trillions and trillions of dollars. He had it all. Anything you could want on this earth he had. And basically Solomon is writing a book saying it's that's not the answer. Like the answer is God. So it's just how to live life in terms of being wise. Then you could go to Psalms and Psalms is just really encouraging because it's just the truth and the reality of life. The 
person who wrote Psalms. It's really basically a lot of songs, but a lot of it is King David. And he just goes through highs and lows and it kind of just goes through an emotional roller coaster that all of us humans deal with. So it's really easy to identify with that. And those are in the direct middle of your Bible. So if you open up to the middle, most likely you're either in Proverbs or Psalms, depending on how accurate you were opening to the middle. The Gospels are in the back of the book, like I said, because they're in the New Testament. The first Gospel is Matthew. And I literally love the book of Matthew so much. I just love the way he wrote it. And there's just a lot of written in red. When you see red in your Bible, it just means that's Jesus's direct quote. So it's just really awesome. And just go through it slowly. So how I would recommend starting would be to start in Matthew and then start literally tomorrow and just read one chapter and then ask yourself like what why is this chapter here and just kind of contemplate that and then contemplate like what does this chapter tell me about God and kind of come up with that and then ask yourself like how can I apply this chapter to my life and I think a lot of people get really caught up in reading the Bible in terms of reading it in the context of themselves so you try to insert yourself into the story and I'm sorry but that's just not how to do it like that is so prideful the Bible is not about you it is for you and it is a perfect instructional guide on how to navigate life it's literally your instruction manual on how to do things every single day but it is not about you so it's like if you buy a new iphone you would trust the instruction manual on how to work the iphone but that iphone is not about you it's just a thing that you have and it's so the Bible is how you navigate life and it's a story of God and how loving God is and how he sent his son. He became human to save us. So that is what it's about. And then, so ask yourself, like, how can I apply this? So if you're reading, let's say Matthew 1, now Matthew 1 is a lot of ancestors, but it just shows like the accuracy of Jesus. And then from there, once you're done reading Matthew, I really would encourage you to read the rest of the gospel so mark john and luke because it's all the same story but different perspectives and it's just amazing and you'll literally become best friends with jesus and your life will change then after you read luke read acts because acts is the sequel to luke it's written by the same author and it's just basically accounts of what people actually saw during that day so they're actually people who are at the resurrection talking and then from there you could read ephesians which is a shorter book and it's just basically a guide to life um, ephesians and galatians i would say are pretty similar corinthians is kind of up there too then timothy is different letters which is really interesting to read and i think it's really easy to identify with people in the new testament because it's all after jesus's resurrection when once you get past the gospels and that's where we're living in now like we're living in a time period where we did not see the resurrection where we can't tangibly see jesus with our eyes unless he allows that and we are waiting for his return. So it's really easy to like identify and how to navigate life in that way. Then from there, I would really then recommend going back to the Old Testament once you have a solid foundation on who Jesus is and 
just starting from Genesis, like find, read about creation. It's so amazing. Like you could be in Genesis one for the rest of your life and your mind could be blown. Like seriously. And I'll, I guess I'll break down Genesis a little bit for you as well, just to help um, with some background. If you're new to the Bible and I have some notes on this because I actually just went through the book of Genesis with my sister Kylene and my beautiful mother Allison. And here are my notes. So basically the Bible starts with a tree, like I was just saying. So God creates the world. He puts this tree and the tree is like two paths, basically. Path one, option one is to believe in God and trust that God has the ultimate knowledge of good and evil and that we do not need to define it for ourselves. Or option two, which would be to not listen to God eat the forbidden fruit and find out what good and evil is for ourselves and then die. So those are the two paths. Humans choose path number two at that tree. They take the forbidden fruit. That's the story of Adam and Eve. And then from there, evil explodes. Like in the first family alone, Adam and Eve's kids have strife where one of them literally gets murdered um there's just a ton of hurt ton of calamity basically evil scatters the world um you can really read about that in depth in genesis it's actually really awful evil so bad that noah has to come in the flood um god basically scatters the world doesn't get any better and then the story then changes from the whole world narrative to how God is going to save the world through this one family. And that's where Abraham and Sarah come in. They're promised a blessing. There's a miracle in there where Sarah's womb is not open. She can't have a baby. She ends up getting pregnant, really old age, but they're corrupt as well. They don't listen to God's plan. We're all sinners. Um, basically, people kind of fall prey to the things of this world and accounts and accounts and accounts again. So the Bible is such an interesting story because all the people in the Bible are so beyond corrupt that you'll be able to identify with almost anyone in there because we are all sinners and there's not one person, obviously besides Jesus, that can fulfill the law. And then from there, once Abraham has his son you know he there's different generations that begin to multiply the family obviously starts growing and then we're kind of at a part where the israelites end up getting they're in slavery god then frees them from egypt sends them to the wilderness from there like there's just like a whole bunch of other stories there's different prophets basically saying repent of your ways follow god's way there's going to be a messiah coming all the prophets are pointing to jesus um then from there there's actually a really long period from the book of malachi to the first book of matthew which is a separation of the old testament and new testament that's where jesus comes in and then it's the same thing so we start with a tree in the garden of good and evil and then jesus comes he lives his life does the miracles he dies honestly basically because the religious people and the political people want to make money and jesus isn't good for their brand and they don't believe in him so they want him to die and you are faced with another tree and tree number two is the cross and this is where you're at right now we are back into the 
metaphorical garden of good and evil and there's the, there's a tree in front of us there's a cross so option number one would be to believe in the resurrection believe in the cross the power that jesus actually rose from the dead and that god knows the definition of good and evil so take the bible literally and use it as an instruction manual or similar to adam and eve you could take option two not believe in the cross do worldly things to not fulfill your purpose and be filled with anxiety depression and go to hell someday so it's kind of like your choice there um yeah so that is basically the bible and then there's revelation which is nuts it's apocalyptic literature love that book actually so much but that's a whole nother podcast in itself so to kind of recap what I said, the Bible is a library of 66 different books. I would not read it from beginning to the end if you are new to the Bible because again, they are different books all telling and pointing to one story. Start in the Gospels, which is in the New Testament, which would be towards the back of the book. I personally love Matthew the best. A lot of people love John. I just love Matthew. So start with Matthew, read one chapter a day and ask yourself a series of questions and let Jesus transform your life. Let the Holy Spirit come in your heart. And then once you do that, it's time for you to go on mission, making other people love Jesus as well so that he can be famous, get all the glory and everything's awesome. So thank you for tuning into my podcast. I love you all. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the 31 Committed Podcast. Together, let's store our bodies well by being spiritually disciplined and finding our confidence in Christ. Together, let's commit to living in light and being the woman of Proverbs 31. Love ya!